All right, all right, all right. What's going on, everybody? My name is Isaac Hongos. I'm a photographer and web video producer. And in this podcast, um, I forgot what week it is. What week is it? Well, I, mean, I don't even know what, how many weeks we've been under quarantine anymore. Has it been weeks or has it been days? Um, if you're in California, it's been like two weeks. And uh, it's gotten to the point where I just forgot how many times I've changed underwear. You know, what about you, Jackie? Oh, no. Well, I'm back as a co-host, Jackie, and I've been stuck in the house. I haven't gone out. I think I've gone out only twice so far during the whole lockdown. Yeah. So definitely sometimes just like, what what day is it? Oh, right. It's Saturday. Uh Uh-huh. Stay home again. Uh Stay (laughs) home every day, basically. So we're going to get started and uh, happy to announce it this week. And for the rest of the quarantine content, uh, we're going to be shooting uh, a podcast every day. So stay tuned for that. I know we said that we were going to do that last week. But um, yeah, I didn't think that the quarantine was going to last this long. So I think, uh, you know, daily podcast is a much better viable option now. And hopefully we can bring, you know, much better, maybe one or two stories to each of us. And they'll be a lot more solid. And yeah, we're just going to give you our opinions and stuff. So what are we going to be talking about today, Jackie? Yeah, so I'm going to be talking about Creepy and a new competitor even before Creepy hits the market. Um, uh-huh. So as we've seen ads for Creepy quite a lot, and I kind of dug deeper to find out what it is, what it really does, what it's advertising for. Yeah. So that will be coming up next. I have two photography opinion-based articles one of it is being using stock photos during this time um Uh the dude just manipulate some stock photo and then he starts selling it out there and basically taking advantage of the situation oh oh wow that sounds kind of (laughs) interesting yeah and then the third one is kind of opinion based of eye contact in street photography um Mm -hmm. should you have eye contacts with the subject as a subject, make eye contact with the camera. That is a conundrum that people have been talking all over. They should not, or they should. So that will be coming up. What about you, Isaac? Uh, so mine's going to be about Lime. Uh, the overuse of the word cinematic, that's an opinion piece. And the state of presets. I found this really interesting article on The Verge that essentially gives you a sort of a side-and-side comparison of, you know, presets and sort of how, like, the preset market is going. Uh, I just want to apologize about the audio, too. Uh, we're still on a budget here, so um, we'll, get, we'll get better as we go along, so apologize for that. So let's start off with your story first. Yeah, so we all know or have seen an ad for Quibi, and what I found out about Quibi is that it is standing for Quick Bites. Yeah. Um, it is a new upcoming streaming service only on mobile devices. Mm-hmm. And since at this day and age, a lot of people have smartphones <clears throat> and when they are not consuming books as a media, they are consuming on their phone, on social media. And so, you know, during public commute, you would, you would see people be on their phone all the time. And that is one way for them to consume their content. Is there, is there a fire going on in your house? Yeah, sorry. There's, there's a fire going on. 
let me mute myself real quick. All right. And then you can edit this out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, stuff like this happens, guys. We are on a budget. And I'm back. Okay. okay. As I was saying, <laughs> uh, quick, you know, people are consuming on their phone every day more and more. And so Quibi is targeting those audience. And they are mainly short films, about eight to 15 minutes long for each short films. And I can kind of see myself getting into it um, instead of reading. Uh, I do tend to try not to be on my phone so much during public commute, just because I feel like we're all becoming a little bit of a zombie at this day and age. And so uh, from what I've seen so far, Quibi does put out a pretty decent budget film. Mm -hmm. uh, from all the trailers, uh, especially for short film, you know, an eight to 10 minute short film, your public commute going to be around that time, maybe more. So that would oh, be- Oh, geez, you know, if like, you're in the Bay, it's like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. So it is kind of nice. You don't have to worry about going home and catch up on Netflix and whatnot. It is on your phone. It is, you know, a public, own, like a commute only type of media, I would mm -hmm. say. Yeah. So- Let's talk about the competitor. This is not a company called Ficto in LA. Excuse me? They are trying to do something the same. Uh, Ficto. That um, sounds like Figto. Yeah. So it's kind of like wordplay on fiction. And they said there's going to be no service fee. So uh -huh. no paywall, but probably ads, ads uh -huh. here and there. And they are also working along with the company Niantic, which is very interesting. What's um, Niantic do? Niantic, if you don't know, Niantic is actually a game developing company. Mm. Earlier, they put out a game called Ingress. Never heard uh, of it. But their most famous known for is Pokemon Go. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Whoa, so, dang, big name. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting uh, because Niantic focused on... AR technology, um, you know, mm -hmm. Pokemon Go, you using, you know, augmented reality to catch Pokemon. Ingress is kind of the same idea. Um, you have faction and, you know, you're trying to take over a certain area and they encourage you to walk. And th I thought that was interesting because how does a streaming service company going to come hand in hand with a game AR company? You know yeah that's like i don't i don't see too much comparison aside from like the technology maybe right. like huh i don't know like hmm, what i so one of them they're essentially trying to create short form content even though they are a ar development company first right yeah exactly huh and... these, these seems like two very different things Maybe, I don't know, did they say like the CEO is doing it himself or did he choose so to do it what by I himself? Actually, yeah, find out that Niantic, they said from Niantic storytelling is incredibly important to them. Yeah. And I'm like, um, I suppose so because I have played Ingress before. I don't really follow the story. And for Pokemons, I don't think there's a story around pokemon go you know you just go out catch pokemons be your best yeah i don't know these seem these seems like two very opposite realms 
of one another. And uh, yeah, I just, I just, <clears throat> in terms of the short form, short form content, I understand why everyone's going towards it. People's commute, commute is getting longer and longer. So, yeah. and, and I like there's competition in this space because I was, uh, you know, listening to the Robin Hood Snack podcast. And also, they also mentioned like another competitor. I believe it's like with the New York, the New York article, I believe. Um, they're also trying to create a short form content, like AI that basically reads you like the articles. And I think there's another competitor for that too. Uh, I forgot what it's called. So there's multiple competitors trying to do the same thing. At this point, um, and even then, Quibi is still not out just yet. Um, yeah, yeah. in April, which is very soon. Mm-hmm. I think one of the problems that they're going to run into is like the voices. Um, because <clears throat> like they're all going to sound kind of robotic, right? Like that that's where you... That's what companies have to invest into, right? Like the voices, like Alexa. And Alexa, I think, does it the best because they have multiple, like, actors, I believe. So they, yeah. so the, the voices don't sound robotic. But, like, going back to the comp- this company does AR and now they're trying to go into, like, short-form content. I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, I'm hopeful that they're going to do a great job because Pokemon Go was, like, a, such a great thing. They probably had a bunch of people working on it. And, like, the marketing was not there. But, yeah, like, Pokemon Go never – it seemed more like a quest, and it was fun, and it was fun to get outdoors. Right. But it, and there was no narrative. There was – the goal was to train the Pokemon, right, it, to me? Like, yeah, what do you think? Like, I'm hoping to see a little bit more from uh, Ficto and Niantic themselves, maybe use a bit more of their AR technology to tell your stories. Now, I know that's a big stress, and – big stretch and that's not a short form media medium con- um, consumption but i like to see them to do something like that um just to you know compete against the market a little bit more yeah i don't know and, and on top of that this is like is it is this uh the, is niantic mostly going towards like like facts like news articles i didn't i i didn't catch that was it like actual facts or was it like fictional stories? It's mainly fictional stories. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, so I think, I, yeah. Yeah, I feel like they do a little bit better because Pokemon is fictional. But yeah, I, th- I think the, the thing that might differentiate this one from like another big competitor is facts. Some people are looking for more digestible news. That's why podcasts are so popular. But, uh, but I think, you know, I'm a little bit hopeful for this one. You know, Quibi. I mean, if they just calm down with the, with the advertisement right now, <laughs> I think it's, a, it's viable. You know, like, you know, you get too much of one ad and it's just really, really obnoxious. So Yeah, like yeah. after hearing your opinion on it, I tend to kind of skip Quibi ads. Yeah. But upon stumbling on this, I, I try to find out a bit more from them and, you know, realize that they are trying to make short films. So we're going from movies to vines to TikTok. Now a little just a little bit more. Yeah. Um with a decent budget too. So I'm mm. I'm kinda hopeful too as well. And when they come out, I'm gonna try it out, you know, since it's free. And oh yeah. Yeah. We'll I think... see how the content kind of compared to like bigger program like netflix mm, 
and YouTube. YouTube is and always YouTube. the one that people are trying to compete, like compete against. Netflix has done a really good job, but that's super long form content. And uh, Quibi feels like the, the medium form content uh, that I was talking about before. Again, I'm allowed to change my mind, you know, like, uh, I, I don't know, like, is this a new space? Is this going to be where everyone tries to head towards? Are we just changing our mind? Like, I think this situation right now with, you know, COVID-19 shows that people want people are shifting towards long form content and that's why you know netflix and amazon prime and you know disney plus are killing it right now right yeah i mean i i'm not gonna lie just recently started the office and yeah the most funniest show ever and you know i only got into it just because i'm stuck at home and not got nothing to do <laughs> yeah so it's uh um, yeah. it's all most most of it is pretty accurate like um there's too many meetings when it comes to actual jobs meetings could have been emails yeah and yeah. zoom has been uh bombing yeah all right on that one there's um yeah yeah you you know the thing about the office is that you know you you don't have to watch the last two seasons like once michael leave you could wrap that up Oh, but no. uh, yeah, you yeah they go like two seasons without him, and it's it's not the same. Everybody kind of agrees on that one. It's, I have heard. Yeah, it's like a cringy. It's like the cringy part of. It, it ran a little too long. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Should have ended there. Yeah, should have ended there. All right, uh, we're gonna move on to the next story, which is <clears throat> the site. This site lets you compare hundreds of popular Lightroom presets side by side. And this is on Petapixel. So basically, this website is called comparepresets.com. And what do you think it, it does? Comparepresets.com. Yes. Yeah, compare. Great name, right? Very, very to the straightforward. Team. Very straightforward. So this was made by uh, Steve Ng, Inge, I N G E. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a blind test. I actually used it. Uh, it's pretty interesting. So basically, he, he was saying that the problem was that photographers tend to buy presets, and then they just kind of sort of guess on the preset and what it's going to look like. So basically, this randomizes photos and lets you pick from a variety of cameras and genres to show like what the preset will look like or which one is best for you, the one that suits you the most. And yeah, it's basically just a really nice algorithm that'll show you and then it'll give you the comparisons. Uh, and I thought it was interesting because like, what is the state of presets, right? And some of the comments were like, uh, you know, it just shows you like certain companies like R&I, DxO, DVLOP, which is, you know, signature plus pop presets, bright and clean presets, light, and all these like, pretty mainstream ones and maybe that was when the article was tested but i personally tried it out myself and it gives you like a pretty good amount of presets right now we're recording this on sunday the 29th so we i mean i don't know what's your opinion on presets as someone that no longer uses presets yeah it's i mean i don't I don't have anything against it particularly. I mean, it's great for workflow and you're trying to go for a certain looks. And I, 
I just feel like people are leaning towards film-based presets a bit too much at times. Visco. Yes, Visco. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, everybody goes through that phase though, like the the Vasco, the VSCO, Vasco. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I mean, you know, like I said, it's great for workflow. And if you're doing, if you're freelancers doing engagement portraits yeah. and you don't have anyone to edit your photos for you, mm-hmm. um, it's great for that. I just feel like it's a bit pricey in terms of presets. Yeah. You have to buy them. Yeah. And, you know, just shoot, just shoot fo- film, bro. If you want to film, like, film, just shoot film. Exactly. And, uh, and uh, this website compare presets, I think it's great because let's say you buy this particular preset and you only see it from their example photos. And then when you slap it on yours, it may not look as, um, you know, the way that you want it to. So I think this is a great kind of example. I know you're still not using your photo to compare it, but it's give a vo- vo- wide variety for sure. Yeah, it's like... Uh... Yeah, they're only showing you the samples based on their photos. And what I noticed when I was choosing the samples, I, I really like the way that they show you the samples. Like they give you a pretty good variety and they show you like, are you doing portraits? Are you doing black and white? Which, you know, black and white feels less popular. Uh, yeah. But it's not like, like how many times are you going to be in the same situation? Like the light is never the same twice, right? It's very rare that the lighting is going to be exactly the same or you really got to know your shooting style. But I feel like by the time you have your shooting style and how you like to shoot, do you underexpose, do you overexpose, et cetera, et cetera. Then do you really need these presets? Yeah, exactly. And what's crazy is that I just went on the website right now. Yeah. I scroll down to, you know, compare the photos and they say, select your camera. Yeah, I don't know if it reads my metadata, but like it automatically select my last digital camera, which is a Nikon D750. Oh, I actually did that for me too. I think that's just like the the default. Okay, because I thought I was tripping. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, oh, dude. how did they know? <laughs> how did they know? I don't know. You might be a Nikon shooter. But what I feel like with presets, I don't know if you, I don't think you should use them when you start, you know? It's like... Yeah, no, that yeah. that's just makes you become a lazy photographer. Yeah, it's like like you're just it's just crippling you. Like it's it's just a crutch at the start, right? And it's not you're not really learning anything. Right. You don't know what highlight mean or true black might means. Yeah. But you just slap on these presets and the black is never really black and people tend to go for that looks nowadays. Yeah. That kind of sucks. The crush blacks. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's like, oh, what does portrait mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. What does portrait mean? And what does 400H mean? So people tend not to realize that these are, these are based on film either. Oh, yeah. 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 I think the the weird thing is that, you know, how expensive some of these presets can be. Um, oh, for sure. Depending on where you're looking, right? Yeah, like... Um, like seventy five dollars, sixty dollars. What the heck, dude? This is like a little file. Like, it's like what, like a 
70, like, no, I'm pretty sure it's like 14 megabits. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I think the, oh, I think one of the comments was like, this would have been helpful when Visco first came out, but now it's like a little irrelevant. And yeah, I think it would have been more helpful then, but like everybody has a preset. And I don't think, yeah, like comparison of options. Yeah. So there's currently like 200 samples to choose from. But like, are you going to keep the style forever too? Well, yeah. Are you going to shoot the same subject? Are you going to shoot the same type of photography forever? Yeah. And it's like, mm, people grow. People go from like digital to just shooting film. People just go from, you know, solely shooting film to, you know, shooting digital. But it it also feels like every category of photography has their own look. Like the travel people have their own look with like red tone, blue or hue to it. Blue or hue, like the like the photogs, like the portrait photogs have their like portrait look. You know the the hipster vibe. Yeah. The hipster photographer has the portrait look all the time, uh, and like you know, it just. It's so weird seeing that certain looks fit with certain people in certain you know, genres. It's crazy because a lot of these presets can yeah. be made. You can spend a little bit more time to recreate the same looks. Just save it as your own presets and you don't have to buy them. But people kind of lean towards the lazy route despite the presets. Yeah, because you can just learn, like, you can learn from the histogram. Like, if you try to replicate it, and then throw in like, you know, shoot film and then try to copy the the histogram from the film to your photo as long as you shoot the same thing. Like you can copy it and yeah, you you can save yourself like 60 bucks. But, uh, you know, it's the market and people buy whatever they want to buy and, you know, let people buy whatever they want to buy anyways. Yeah. And P.S. There are videos on YouTube on teaching you how to make those presets. Yeah. Oh, I didn't say anything. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, I, again, this would have been more helpful five years ago. And I mean, I think it's a good website if you're a beginner, but you shouldn't be buying. See, the, this is a contradiction. You good for beginners? So maybe, maybe you're aiming for a look. You're trying to find your style. This might be a way to sort of filter. Like, could I search up on YouTube? <clears throat> like, could I search up on YouTube? I like this look. Maybe I'll try to teach myself how to do it and not take the lazy route you know right yeah yeah so uh yeah let's move on to your next story Alrighty. so when it comes to stocks photo it is a very niche market i want to say and you know sometimes you search up stock photo you would see like shutterstock adobe stock with their huge copyright logo slap on there oh yeah everybody yeah. loves that yeah and you know you just like damn i just want to use that one particular photo for the scene but you know you have to pay for it or pay a premium for it and with that this photographer named steve heap um i'm guessing he kind of got into stock photography market for some times now and recently due to the situation that has been happening he found a stock photo that has a cinema sign that has one, two, and three. He took a little time on his hand and manipulated the photo, adding the words, you know, number one, social distance, number two, wash hand, 
number three, clean services, and he put that up to Shutterstock. Yeah. And so far, he has been making two hundred dollars per month Whoa. just from these from from that photo. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, dang, why didn't I think of that? You know, uh, like. I don't know, dude. Yeah, or he took another photo that has been out focus of a restaurant, and then he just put like a rubber stamp on it, and said "close due to coronavirus," and that has been earning money as well. Who are these people buying these stock photos? For I know, a right? A job. I don't know, but he's uh, he's taking advantage of the situation in a good way. You know, this is like making something artistic, right? Yeah, yeah. So exactly, um, I I think that was brilliant. You know, you can kind of go in and do some creative activity you don't have to put them up obviously and if you do you get some kind of commission for that which i think is perfect and i think it comes down to it doesn't necessarily have to be a situation that you have to do this maybe pay close attention to the news and search up some keywords so right now will be COVID 19 yeah or you know cleanliness and you can kind of find photos and kind of slap your photo man- Photoshop manu- manipulation on there and see what happens. Good practice for photography skill and Photoshop skill as well, I want to say. Oh, yeah. And uh, those Lightroom presets. Yeah, for sure. So if you have some backlog photos, you know, that you think would make a great stock photo, yeah. I don't know, maybe do something with them. And I'm, I'm just still amazed that, like, photographers have been so creative lately oh yeah they're taking advantage of every situation just to create something uh, i wonder how many great pieces of art are going to come out of this <laughs> like, right. apparent, like apparently isaac newton figured out wait i don't think it was isaac newton it was someone famous they discovered something famous while in quarantine i forgot it was like the first thing that showed up when everything was going uh, under lockdown yeah, and some of the comments would be like, I find what you're doing is unethical, misleading, and financially deceptive. And uh, I can see it both ways, but you know, if you're having no income coming in as a freelancer, this oh, yeah, a little source of income for just for food and whatnot, you know? Oh, yeah. It's not like that uh, $1,200 is going to go very far when you <laughs> own your own business, right? Especially in the Bay Area. Dude, Bay Area, New York, that's not even rent. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, people taking uh, advantage of these situation. I remember you sending me an article on Petfixel as well. That photographer have been taking portraits of people through FaceTime, I believe. Oh, yeah, that, that is a, that's a very funny article. Yeah, so I thought, you know, these photographers are creative, for sure. Uh, hitting market that we never thought of hitting. And, you know, good practice for photoshopping skill. Oh, yeah. So if you have time, try something. Yeah, try something new. This is time to be trying something new. <clears throat> but yeah, this thing uh, changed every single market, which leads me to the next point, which is, uh, uh, you know, bird and lime. You you know it. You probably I love it. it. Everybody's written one of those except me, apparently. Really? It's only yes. a dollar. It's only it's only a dollar. <laughs> uh, but I think this is like one of the 
this is like apparently the like the lime the e-scooters everything it's like was the hottest new market right like i'm pretty sure we saw it they were all over san francisco the bay area new york all the major cities had them and as of this week uh both lime and bird are just like not in a good not they're in the red basically so this article is on the verge and also from uh robin hood snack podcast uh so apparently lime uh dropped like its evaluation dropped by like 80 percent bird had to let go of 30 percent of its staff due to the financial uncertainty um and on top of that like these companies are just like not running they're not making any money and the e-scooters are basically closed in like a hundred cities which is nuts right like this is like this is like basically because this happened the market just completely shut down um, yeah I, it never crossed my mind of like huh how is slime doing and it's like, oh, yeah. oh wait yeah how is slime doing dude they're they're not doing good at all um but what's really good about <clears throat> bird is that at least they give their employees four weeks pay three months of health care and health care coverage and 12 months to exercise their stock options but it was like, dude, this this was like the next big thing, right? Or, or it had been the next big thing. They were evaluated at such high levels by venture capitalists and their IPO was going to be do great and their stock was going to do great. You know, Bird is a publicly is not a publicly traded company just yet. But this is nuts, right? Like someone who's yeah. right them, like they just seem so convenient, right? Yeah, and even the city have to put in some sort of blog just for these type of transportation um, in such a short time that they appeared. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And now they're just like, just slumped. Surprising. Not really, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I mean, with Bird and Lime, I guess one of the things that shows us how many social things we do, like even without thinking about it, right? Yeah, I mean, I have used it once or twice. It's very convenient. Really? It feels like you use it every day. <laughs> I wish, but it does add up, though. Um, yeah, speaking of that, I, I've seen articles of, like, Uber and Lyft. Their, their driver are not getting as much pay anymore be- just because more people are, are going out. Yeah, well, I mean... I feel like New York is like where you don't want to take a lift because it's probably like the dirtiest, you know, it's like the dirtiest place. Not not in that way, but it's like, it's pretty dirty in, pa- in back of people's cars. Yeah. Like all the germs stay there, right? Yeah. I mean, New York after cab servers still like, that's their hanging thread for the cabs. Oh yeah. I think the, the, what do you call it? Wait, could you repeat that? Shoot. I just lost a lot. <laughs> the taxi cabs that's the only hanging threat is is their only income right now is like new york i feel oh, like oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's like man these that the the transportation market is so is the hardest hit and we don't realize how much we connect with people until this very moment and i don't know what what do you think is going to happen to to bird and lime and 
What's the other one? What's the other one that? I've oh, seen man. Razor putting out some lately. Razor, like the scooter, like the yeah, like they, the scooters the scooter, as kids. Ex- yeah, instead of standing like oh the other one, they have a seat, so it's like a literally a scooter with a seat. Imagine all the farts that are on that seat. Shoot. Yeah, I mean, dang, I, I feel bad for Razor. They just came out with this product, and now people are not using it. Oh yeah, I feel like people have been using it less in the past few months, and now it's just completely dead. Yeah, it's it's basically dead in the water. Everything is dead in the water. But <clears throat> I think what's going to happen here is only the, like, uh, I think, yeah, Bird is is trying to do another raise of funding for, like, $400 million, which is nuts. Like, holy That's moly. A That's a lot of money. And Lime, Lime and Bird are going to have to do the same thing, which is basically called for emergency funding from venture capitalists because, you know, they're probably going to run out of money. They're letting go of a bunch of people. They stopped hiring people. They cut that in half. Yeah. I think it's only the, the two best that are going to survive. And worse comes to worse, it's going to become like a duopoly or a monopoly. And, you know, freaking one will dominate the market. One will dominate the market at, at best. And I think that's that's what we're seeing here. In terms of economic trends, it's only the biggest are going to survive, right? Because the biggest have the most money and they have yeah. the name. And guess what? There's, they're who investors value the most. And then that, that bird ride is going to cost you like $5 a mile. Wait, what is it right now? Like $2? Like a dollar a mile? A dollar. Well, it counts by time. Oh. So uh-huh. every minute is 15 cents. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's not even that bad. Yeah, it's not. But at the same time, though, you kind of forget how long you've been traveling. And oh, yeah. And cent adds up, man. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it does. One time I did pay for like $7. Oh, that's not And I, I went around like two, three miles. But that's not bad at all. Saved me a lot of time. Oh, yeah. Because they just, I, I saw this funny tweet. Man, people are just like vandalizing these birds, too. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Like they they're throwing them in the water. One of the tweets oh. was like, "The birds are now returning to the water. We are the virus." And it's like the the lime birds, like they're literally in the water. They're just dead in the oh, water. No. That's it's, destroying properties. Yeah, but I mean, who who knows? I think these birds need to have cameras on them now. I feel like they should, in a way, just to protect themselves as a company. Yeah. I mean, they they don't last very long. I hear that the lifespan for this is only like ninety days. So oh, what yeah, do I for sure plastic? people abuse them. I mean, they get used like every day. Now I wonder how are those people mm-hmm. gonna get in, um, affected too? The one who pick up all these scooters to charge them. Oh, it's like voluntary. So people like volunteer. Well, not vo- volunteer, but they're just like it's like a small side hustle. People, yeah, you can sign up through the website and be like, "I'll charge them in my house," and then you get you get paid. Yeah, crazy. Some people just take vans and they just like load them up. Yeah. Hey, man, that's pretty good side hustle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Alrighty, what's the next story? So, speaking of being social, <laughs> um, we all have been kind of exploring industry photography. This article from Petapixel named. 
the eye contact conundrum in street photography. So in, in terms of street photography, it's very broad. You can literally take anything that you want, but a lot of people who refer to this category, it's mainly um, candid subjects in their moments, right? Yeah. Um, that's what people are famous for, you know, like uh, Henry Cartier Persant, Vivian Meyer, all those people, they all take street photography. And one of the questions is that, should the subject notice the camera or make eye contact with the camera when you shoot that image? A lot of people are like, well, it, it, street photography is all about stealth and you don't want people to know that you have a camera on. So if you have that eye contact, that kind of breaks the moment um, you know, of them doing their things and now they're noticing you as a photographer um, and then some people are turned off by that. But the article is one more talking about how it is not, and I kind of agree with the article um, from what my point of perspective, it really depends on what the subject is doing. A lot of times, eye contact is great for shoot photography. I feel like it gives you that moment of intimacy between the subject and the photographer. Yeah. And it kind of feels, make the audience wonder like, oh, what happened before the photo was taken or what happened after the photo was taken? That's my, kind of my thoughts on how I see photos with eye contact. Uh, you know, obviously not talking about editorial portraits, but the street photography, just two strangers. One is taking one other um, portraits. Um, yeah. I, I know mm. I've been trying to work myself to take more of those photos just to be more brave and walk up to people and just take their photos. So I'm kind of, you know, I, I get scared. I don't know. I, I'm, I get scared of the confrontation if they do make eye contact, if they do notice me taking the photos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you feel if you were the subject, if someone just approached you with a camera? Like, I like I would just like on the street and I, someone take a photo. Yeah. Well, hmm. I think I would do like, like it depends what I'm doing, right? Like, am I picking my nose? Um, am I picking out something from my teeth? Did I just like That's go of a fart? <laughs> Letting go of a fart, you know, like what, what's happening? Uh, some moments are more embarrassing than others, but I don't think I would, I don't feel like most people care like well they don't know too right so that's that's where the whole stealth comes in right because you're just being right. like natural hmm i don't know i don't know how i would feel about it i guess it would yeah, just depend I, I'm, on, I'm on my mood on both side here um just because i kind of like doing street photography sometimes it's great to have eye contacts i do have some photos that have eye contacts yeah um, it feels good it makes you um i don't know it makes you wonder about the photos. Yeah. But at the same time, though, if I were the subject, I tend to notice more people around me just because yeah. I I want to say I'm more self-aware of, of my surroundings. Yeah. So I do notice people with cameras. I'm just like, oh, shoot, don't, don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. Yeah, yeah. I think don't it's the difference the between, <laughs> like, everybody has a camera with them, right? But people 
might be more adjusted to like an actual camera, right? Yeah. Cell phone. So maybe if it's someone photographing with, with a cell phone, that's a little odd. Like, what are you going to do with that? Right. Like my, my mind and probably most people's minds is like, what the heck are they going to do? Is this some sort of freaking like YouTube prank? Is this going to be like, you know, like one of those like stupid... information being sold online? Yeah. Like facial recognition, <laughs> like, you know, all this stuff, like, like, you know, or you remember that era of YouTube where it was like all about the stupid pranks, like these over, like all the pranks, all the pranks that were obnoxious. And I think, <clears throat> or quote unquote, social experiments that were super dumb. Um, yeah, makes I think, people feel more self-aware. Yeah, yeah. I think it's with a camera or like a. I think that's the advantage of like the the mirrorless too. Right now, they're smaller. They're more um, like they're less aggressive, and people are more afraid of the cell phone and like a mm-hmm. like a big DSLR, like a like the one that I have, compared to like your Leica, right? Like your Leica's tiny. So everyone's like, "Oh, this is so cute." It reminds me of when someone when like my dad took photos of me right so um, yeah yeah i feel like that is a problem with dslr just because yeah. it's so huge the lens yeah. is so big oh and yeah you hear that mirror slap oh it yeah it kind of scares you a little bit it's like freaking shotgun sometimes like, like yeah it's just like yeah. oh god what what he's he's shooting yeah what is he sh- why is he shooting me like that but i think yeah i don't i don't think i would like I think it's like street art just shows people in their natural habitats, you know, but um, I think I'd be more concerned with a cell phone than like, like a film camera, because I know that there's certain things that it just feels more true. Like all the major history, like all the big photos I ever think about with street photo are always film. Like they, like the Muhammad Ali photo is, or like the girl, I think it's the Navy girl or like the Navy man kissing the woman. That's like, that's all that's a very mm-hmm. iconic photo that i always think about yeah and that's but on those film doesn't need eye contact yeah they um, don't... especially the navy one yeah you know yeah it's like like mm, like i think it's a good like i would say oh it makes uh the viewer look more at the photo because you people naturally lock eyes with someone uh but, yeah uh, but I think it just depends. Like, does it make the photo stronger because of eye contact? And like, it, it also takes some skill, right? Like, you you got to nail the focus. You got to well, yeah, nail the exposure. Focus. Yeah, you got to nail the focus, the manual focus. And the, if you get that eye really nice and sharp, like, oh man, that's like a winner right there. And it's like, uh, I think another photo is like the. <clears throat> I believe the girl's like Middle Eastern or something, but she has like the, like uh, like Olivia Wilde's eyes. Have you ever seen her eyes? Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah they, she has like the most beautiful eyes, right? And like, yeah. um, that was girl, shot with a FM two. The the I forgot. Yeah, FM two. Steve makes Curry, that? I believe, is the photographer name. Stephon Curry? No, maybe. What? <laughs> <laughs> Am I mixing up names? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, yeah, I think we're talking about she. She's wearing like a hijab, I believe, uh, or like a scar. I don't know. Yeah, Sorry, very guys. I don't know iconic. Very um, iconic oh, no. photos for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm pretty sure she's Middle Eastern. I don't know. Someone correct me. Sorry if I got that wrong. Um, but yeah, that's like 
I think that's like an example of a whoa, this this guy nailed the photo. Like, oh man, it's like whoa. And that's because of the eye contact. So I guess it just depends. But for me, it's like, hmm, it's more about the natural habitat. It just depends on the context of, you know, what's what's happening. What they're doing, what the subject is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. I Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, is it on a phone? More concerned with the phone that's connected to the internet and uh manipulate like photo manipulation on that one yeah yeah Yeah. and i feel like if the person do notice you and stop what they're doing that kind of breaks the moment of street photography yeah Mm, uh, yeah it it does break it i don't know like it's uh i do agree with it should be like stealthy but at the same time like brandon uh Brandon Staten, like humans in New York, I think he does like one of the best. I think it's such a unique take on street photo, right? Like it's, oh, it feels yeah. like it's it's a combination of both street photo, great and storytelling, interviews. yeah, great storytelling, and you know, like eye contact. Like it, it feels like it's a whole other genre, and it's a a skill within itself. Like whoa, this guy is like like I've seen a lot of his interviews. And I, I don't know what to categorize it as, you know, like, would you would you call it street photography? A little bit, yeah. I mean, street photography doesn't limit you just taking it selfily. Sometimes you just want to approach them and be like, hey, could I take your photo real quick? But keep on doing what you're doing, you know? Yeah, and he's a great example of also carving your own thing. And it's, I don't, I don't even know how to describe his, his work. It's just like, it's very sticky. And it feels like a, just a mix of every single genre that that's possible. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty. And with that, I do encourage people to try street photography sometime. Not right now. Sometime. <laughs> Shoot from the window of their homes or what? Uh, just not that, you know, that, that extreme. But try it yeah. out sometime. Could, Gotta, be a, could be a creative challenge. Yeah. Take out the 600 F1.8. Yeah. All righty. That way you make sure you don't have any, you know, eye contact or personal connection. (laughs) They don't even see you at that point. Yeah, going to shoot it with a drone. I think people are flying their drones too more. More often? Yeah. I don't even know. What what is the state of drones right now? Like, I don't, I don't use drones, but it just feels like the the drone market is so small now. Like, there's so much. got into it. Huh? Everyone got into it and then everyone did not get into it. Yeah, yeah. That's like, like, what, what? Okay, like, it was, like, it just completely, everybody had a drone for some reason. Either that or everyone was about to buy a drone and then. And they're going to use it for it. They don't know yet, but they want a drone. <laughs> they just want the drone for the same shot. But it, it just feels like the drone died out because there's so much regulation. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so now we're getting, <laughs> we need better transitions. Um, okay, so we talked about birds, the state of presets. Oh, yeah. The, uh, so I was watching um, the Boca Bros yesterday. You know how the Boca Bros are? Uh, Kai and Locke, right? Kai and Locke. And um, bas- <laughs> uh, Locke was basically reviewing a bunch of like old uh, old gear that he got, right? And a lot of it said cinematic in there. 
Cinematic. Cinematic. <laughs> and he's like, Kai was like, I'm so annoyed of the constant use of the word cinematic in everything. Like it, you know, and I thought I was the only one that was on that boat. Like, you know how it goes. If you if you search up YouTube and how to edit, it's always like cinematic look, cinematic this, cinematic that. And there's a lot of slow-mo close-ups. Slow-mo, and it's like... And B-rolls, mainly B-rolls. Yeah, cinematic B-roll, cinematic color grading. What does that mean? What, what, why do we keep on using the word cinematic so much? Like, what, why is that the... Like, do we see cinema, like, big AAA movies doing this? Yeah, and, like, what does that even mean? Like, what is the word? I feel like we just throw it out there and it's got so many meanings. It has zero meaning at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Trying to think of another word. What do you mean? Like, YOLO. (laughs) YOLO? It's just like, do you mean properly exposed? Like, because that's what it is, right? Like. Oh yeah, it, is, it can be very vague as well. Yeah, it's like, hold on, let me, let me. What, what is it called? Um, word dictionary, not that dictionary. Urban dictionary. Um, I'm gonna look up what the word cinematic means. It's overused. That's that's what I'll say. And everybody throws their name like cinematic X Y Z, and it's just really annoying. Yeah, and I feel like. Um when you're new to something and you learn a word, um, it became a, you know, your own jargon. It's same goes for me. Like once I learn something about a certain field or a certain words, I keep using it for no, for some reason, even out of context, I just keep using it. Like last, sometime last year, I learned the word typography. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I love the typography. And I thought it, it was really to, to design itself, just like no, and then I learned later on. It's like no, it's it's fonts. It's like oh shoot, I keep I I, <laughs> I use the I know <laughs> I know I can uh, you you do use the word typography a lot. It's um I don't know, it's just like you mean I don't know. Stop using word cinematic. Like all these companies, please stop using word cinematic. You just mean like well composed. Okay, so I found it on Urban Dictionary. Uh, so the first meaning cinematic uh, console gamers way of describing a video game as being an experience similar to a movie when in reality it's their explanation for trying to put up with games running at low frame rates oh that kind of makes sense yeah because you know gamers love high frame the rates cut right scenes. Yeah. oh yeah the cutscenes 24 fps that become a cinematic storytelling experience yeah 24 fps that's pretty pretty standard too and uh, the second definition is cinematic, uh, related to or suitable for use in motion pictures. Suitable. Like suitable. Like, what is? What is suitable? <laughs> what do you mean suitable? Like, we're not creating motion pictures here. We're we're not creating the Avengers or A Quiet Place. Like, that takes a lot of people, and I don't know. There's got to we got to make up some word to take over the word cinematic because it's just, I just think it's really obnoxious. Like stop, stop using cinematic, everything cinematic. XYZ. Right, you're not 
inventing innovating a shot that became a cinema you know yeah innovation yeah yeah you're not they're not we're not doing any of that like you're not adding details in a scene that would foreshadow or more details i I think in terms of my definition of cinematic is like good use of cinema storytelling aspect yeah not just bureaus and slow motion bureaus oh yeah like just I, I remember this one guy used to, uh, used to, like, um, yeah, I was like a second shooter for him. He was like way older than me, but it, it was like, I think older people think of cinematic as slow-mo too. Cause this dude would like use a lot of slow-mo. And I think that's why we got really annoyed of it. Like you see one guy overuse it like all the time. And it's like, oh my god, is this the zoom? Tra- is the is slow mo, the zoom transition, of the previous generation, like the boomers, like, <laughs> like what the heck, dude? Like everything was in slow mo, like it was so annoying, and I think that's what the zoom transition is for us. Yeah, um, what's that zooming out while you're walking in effects called? Zooming in what? What what? Like your lens zoom zoom out to a wider focal length, but you are walking in towards the subject. I don't know. Uh, Maybe um, you're not describing it well because I don't know. You mean the Hitchcock dolly zoom technique? The the dolly zoom. As you're walking, hmm. I don't remember. Yeah. So um, you know, when it comes to that, that's a cinematic shot because that innovate how you shoot a movie. Because it creates a different effects to it. Yeah, uh, I gotta, I gotta, you gotta send me a video about that because I'm not too familiar with that one. Yeah, like, are, like are we just trying to copy like how it would look back then too? Like certain movies have a certain tone, and they were shot on film. Like, yeah, most or, famous shot would be um, on Jaws. There's a dolly zoom effects on it. And I just sent Isaac a link in in the chat of Zoom. Shout out to Zoom for being here. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Dude, I wonder if they're going to start sponsoring people. Well, they are a public company. Oh, yeah, huh? Dude, I wonder if their stock is. I'm going to search that up later. Um, yeah, I think we just... It's just like for great, for great video... And I, and I and I do agree with that. Like, uh, like slow mo on your B roll is not is not cinematic. Like it's it it's doesn't not. Add your storytelling. I yeah, say. we're not we're not. You know, I don't consider myself a storyteller. I think I'm just a reviewer. Like I review stuff. Like I I think the the word storyteller is so oversaturated. And That's so it. overused. Like, like it's crazy. Yeah, and there's many people, well, I, I hope that it doesn't become another controversial term. It's like, what does cinematic really mean? What does storytelling really mean? Are you even a storyteller on YouTube? Like, um, yes, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I review Are, are those YouTube dramas storytelling? 
Oh, oh, Dolly Zoom from Jaws. Okay. Hmm. Okay. God, I feel like that that looks like After Effects. <clears throat> it's it's practical actually. Really? Yeah, they're just zooming out, but the the camera crew is walking in. Oh wow, that's so neat. See, like that. That's like that's considered. But again, I have a pretty narrow definition of what cinematic and storytelling means, and and people can disagree. Whatever, send me the your uh, your anchor messages. Um, but yeah, like like we're not story. We're not we're not developing a character, right? We're not like most people on the internet aren't developing characters. They're not, you know, they're not creating like freaking who's a, who's a big character. Who's a big character. Give me a big character. Uh, what's a great story. Like, like freaking the hunger games or something. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> we're not, we're not creating these characters and we're not giving them lines and dialogue and we're not thinking of and like I've tried it and it's super hard like storytelling is very very hard but just like say like I make commercials like I, people really want the the word storyteller everywhere yeah for sure and especially for a small platform on YouTube um, we don't have that resources just make story storytelling um, film um, like short films that would take a lot. You know, you have to do the casting, you have to do the writing. If you're not great at writing, you have to hire a writer and you know that. So yeah. yeah, back back to the term cinematic. It's very wide widely used. And I want to say like just because you're shooting 8K, it oh, doesn't yeah. make your shot cinematic. Oh yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Anytime you shoot, you know, 8K raw, you're, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I would, I would say that, like, just because you're shooting 8K doesn't make it cinematic. I think oh, it also right. comes down to the skill, right? Like, it's such a, it's such a hard skill, but humans naturally gravitate towards stories, so maybe that's why everyone in the market loves to say that they're storytellers. Yeah. It's um, like PewDiePie. Is he a storyteller? He's Not a really. commenter. Yeah, he's a comment. Um, like we're yeah, yeah, like we're commentators. We we review stuff, we tell stuff, we condense information, but we're not creating something out of nothing, out of you know, like tears and stuff. That would be great if a lot of people were doing that, but that's just that's just leaving it to Hollywood our business. Yeah, yeah. And it takes a lot of people to make something that's going to go on the big screen. Like it's like there's a whole bunch of hundreds moving parts. Hundreds of people. Yeah, it takes like hundreds of people to, you know, get the lighting right and make sure every scene is correct and the angles are correct and, you know, everything is line for line. And like, have you seen some of those videos that show you like, um, what is it called? It's like screenwriters or like... Uh, screen checkers screenwriter checkers or something I'll, I'll tweet it underneath this one but it's crazy like the amount of people it takes to really make something beautiful and cinematic like um <clears throat> like i believe hmm, what's a good movie what's a good movie or a good tv show like house 
like that that takes so many people it takes like a whole crew of people to pump that out every single week dr house house Uh, it's not on tv but i'm just saying that's like an example of that's pretty like it's a tv drama and it takes like a bunch of people like the actors have to rehearse the writers got to write the editors got to edit and then you got a whole bunch of production and a whole bunch of money coming in and oh man but yeah back back to the word cinematic i think that's a great definition of a tv show that's pretty cinematic but i will say my my definition is pretty narrow yeah well um i think you know a lot of tv shows tend to kind of lean less towards cinematic only a few does mm-hmm. so that makes it an exception so mm-hmm. yeah like that point back to youtube just because you're making shows or you know creative content on youtube that doesn't make a lot of your shots cinematic yeah like your b-roll is not i don't know it's it's not it's not cinematic because it's in slow-mo and you put a bunch of fancy transitions in there uh i wonder how 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 trendy it was on google trends what's a what's a great oh knives out knives out is a movie that's cinematic I've heard a lot of good things about how actor acts and the dialogue is very foreshadowing. It's oh, really? A good movie, I heard. Yeah, I heard it's a good movie. I haven't, have not seen it yet. Yeah, I, and I heard I, they're not going to release it. They're not? They're not going to release it on streaming. You know, like everybody is releasing their, uh, their movies online. Mm-hmm. And uh, sadly, they're not going to release that. Oh no! Not yet. Like uh, got Daniel like, Craig in it, man. It got Steve Evans. Yeah, Chris, you mean Chris, Chris Evans? Evans. <laughs> oh, crap! Hey, we don't cuss on this podcast. Yeah, bro. Like the word cinematic has been rising in popularity since like 2014. Yeah, it spiked in 2014. Oh, never mind. 2015. Oh man, we gotta stop using this word. Just say it's like professional or something like professional lighting not cinematic lighting it's like people just want the the most easy way out out of the out of actually knowing the the basis of lighting right, and audio that, and like that's just too much jargon at that point you know yeah maybe it's like a yeah i don't i don't even know okay we're, we're gonna stop talking about this because we, we're just circling around and around yeah we're just it's just a rant it's just like stop using the word cinematic guys it's like so annoying uh um all right so uh next story or was that it um or do you have another one? about it for me wait was it really huh yeah you sure yep okay uh so sorry we get and if um if you want to disagree with us, you can. Uh, you're more than free to send us a a message on Anchor. Um, yeah, we're gonna be back tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna be recording this, and you can find us on your favorite streaming services. You can find me on YouTube, uh, Isaac Mihangos, and anything else you want to add. And you can find me on Instagram at Jackie the Little. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter too, Isaac with one A Mihangos. Um, <clears throat> but that's it at the end of the day I thank you so much for your time and your attention my name is Isaac Mihangos I'll catch you in the next one bye